Hey guys, it's me, Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. I'm so excited. We've got a really special guest coming up later, but I do have some stuff that I want to get through, so let's dive in. All right, guys, I told you I was going to be keeping up with Celebrity Big Brother, and in just one week, we have already had four episodes. Um, This show moves extremely fast, so if you haven't started watching it yet, I recommend doing so right away. Binge the first four episodes and catch up, and then you have to watch it consistently. Um, If you get behind, it's like impossible to catch up because, like I said, it literally airs I don't know, basically every day. So we had a full week of gameplay, which means we had the HOH competition. Um, We had someone become head of household. They nominated two people. We had the veto comp. Um, We also had a special twist, which uh, pulled someone off the block and put someone new up on the block. And then, of course, we had the eviction. So a lot happened. um, But, you know, my biggest uh, takeaway was really just getting to know each of these celebrity contestants. Um, You know, on last week's episode, I kind of went over the list and I was saying that there's a lot that I don't really know all too well or I'm I'm unfamiliar with or or even if I do know them, I'm just not sure how they are going to fit into this Big Brother world. So getting to know all of the contestants was really, really fun and, you know, getting to make those first impressions. Um, So right out the gate, I just have to say I am obsessed with Mirai. Um, I'm not like a sports person. I don't really keep up with the Olympics, so I wasn't all too familiar with her. And she is, first of all, just like so cute and adorable. Um, But second of all, she's like really intense in the best way. And I think that's you know, her athlete coming out. Um, But I'm really, really excited to see her play this game. And even though we're only a week in, I am rooting for her. I think she's got um, a really strong shot. You know, already she did start to raise a few red flags with people just in her social gameplay. Um, However, I don't necessarily think she's doing doing the wrong things. What's interesting is that she was, uh, she was revealing things to her allies. And for some reason, her doing that made them not really trust her. They were like, oh, well, I, I bet she's revealing things to other people too. Um, but I like Mariah and I think she is trustworthy. And I think that, um, anyone that aligns with her should trust her. And I think that she could go really far. (laughs) Okay, when I said this game moves a mile a minute, I meant it. Uh, Just a few hours after me recording this episode, Mirai was evicted from the Big Brother house. So I look like an idiot, but the game goes on. Also, how did I not know that Lamar Odom shat himself last week in the Big Brother house? Um, I feel like this is very important and it needed to be added. Anyways, back to the show. Um, I'm also really rooting for Carson Kressley. He's obviously a front runner. Everyone in the house can see that already. He's got a great social game and he's got a great comp game. Um, we saw him just blow everyone out of the water in, uh, I think it was, was it the veto comp that, that they, that he played in? Uh, but yeah, he's great. The only thing about Carson is people are on to him. People know that he's got a great social game. So I don't know if he can last as long as someone who might fly a little bit more under the radar. 
Now let's talk about someone who did not play a great game um, and uh, did not fly under the radar at all. I'm talking about Teddy Mellencamp. Oof, man. Um, you could tell that she went into this with with one mission, and that was to not be the first one out. Uh, she said it a couple times. She was like, I just don't want to be the first one out. I just don't want to be the first one out. You know, there's a there's like an embarrassment that comes along with that. You never want to be the the first person voted out of a competition show. And womp womp, Teddy was voted out first. Uh, now what's funny is she wasn't even nominated on the block originally. She got the back door. So originally, Misha put up Carson and Mirai, and she was telling both of them that they were a pawn. Um, I think she pivoted towards really trying to eliminate Mirai, but eventually after the veto comp and the, um, the Mon Juan hat or whatever that was, uh, it ended up being Teddy and Todd Bridges on the block. Now, I did love right before Misha won, Todrick made a deal with her and uh, Teddy tried to make a deal too and (laughs) Misha totally snubbed her. Um, And that was just clearly the beginning of the end for Teddy. (laughs) So after the veto competition, Carson is taken off the block and Teddy's put up. And Misha didn't even really backdoor her, though. I mean, Misha told Teddy that she was going up even before the veto meeting happened. So Teddy had plenty of time to go campaign for herself. You know, she was really, really... I mean, like crying about how this was the worst way to go and being backdoor is being backdoored is just like so shitty because because she doesn't have a chance. And like, yeah, she didn't get to play in the veto comp, but you still got a major heads up, which is more than most people who are backdoored get. Um, Teddy's just insufferable. She's really, really difficult to watch. And um, I think the fans are happy that she was voted out first, just so we don't have to kind of sit through her for another few weeks. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but in her first uh, diary room confessional, she was just like head to toe in uh, Teddy Mellencamp swag. Like she had her, her company is called All In. Um, It's like her fitness slash nutrition slash starvation company and so she was wearing an all in by teddy hat and then uh, she was wearing a hoodie that had her husband's company logo on it and that's just like so classic like that's such a classic real housewives move um where the real housewives are branding everything and that's not how big brother works so in her first confessional, she has like logos all over her. And then by her second confessional, she's just in like a plain hat and a plain hoodie. And I, I just know, I know, I mean, I don't actually know, but if someone can confirm, I really think that the producers said to her like, hey, you, you have to take that stuff off. Like you can't just be drenched in logos every time you're on screen. So uh, I, I don't know. I think Teddy had an embarrassing week on Big Brother, to say the least. Um, it was really interesting seeing Lamar and uh, Shayna Mokler interact. Um, you know, I, I was excited. I mentioned that I was excited to see them together, hoping that they would talk about their Kardashian connection. Um, but I, I didn't realize that that Kardashian connection like went so far back. Um, you know, obviously now Courtney is with Travis Barker, but I guess Shayna said that she had like some beef with the Kardashians years and years and years ago when Lamar was actually married to Chloe. So this hasn't come up in conversation between them yet, but Shayna's mentioned it a lot and I hope it comes up. Um, Lamar is like a really chill guy though. He's a, he's a cool guy and I, yeah, I'm enjoying him on the show all in all. Like I really like everyone. Um, 
yeah, I feel like, well, let's see. Todrick is doing really well. Um, I like Misha. She's a badass. I mean, uh, she delivered her own baby on the floor with known painkillers. This, this didn't happen in the Big Brother house. She was <laughs> saying that this had happened years ago, but like, damn, what a badass. And then there's that moment where uh, Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC is like on the elliptical and Misha comes in and starts like doing some boxing training and she's just like beating the shit out of this boxing bag. And Chris is like, like terrified of her. I, I, I died. It was so funny. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm really liking it. Uh, it's a, it's a good cast and you know, I'm all about big brother. I love seeing celebrities make a fool of themselves. Oh my God. I didn't, I completely forgot about Cynthia. How, how fitting is that? I completely forgot about Cynthia. Um, well, who knows? Maybe she'll be a floater. Maybe everyone else will forget about her and she will somehow make it to the end because, you know, we don't even know she's there. <laughs> okay, so coming up in a bit, I am talking to one of the Real Housewives of Orange County, Megan King. But before we get into that, I do want to discuss this last week's episode of Orange County. We've got to talk about Noella. Uh, what is the deal with this chick? I mean, doesn't it seem like she joined the cast with a laundry list of Real Housewives-isms that she just needed to check off? You know, I I, I see all of these classic um, Real Housewives tropes or even like reality TV tropes that she's really throwing out there, and not a lot of them are sticking. Um, there's just too much happening at once. Mind you, we're only like seven or eight episodes in and this bitch is doing the most and the worst. You know, she, she came in and it was clear that she had an agenda to, to start some kind of petty drama and specifically it seems like she wanted to take down the HBIC, who in this case was Miss Heather Dubrow. Um, yeah, I, I I don't necessarily think that that was a bad move, but I think as soon as all of her personal stuff started coming out, like once her home life started crumbling, she should have reeled the, the other stuff in um, because she needs the sympathy and she's not going to get it right now. I mean, I don't, I don't see her getting that from anyone, not only just on the show, but like in the fandom. Uh, it's hard to sympathize with someone and relate to someone, um, you know, no matter how difficult of a time they're going through when the rest of their existence is like, so, I mean, to use her word, thirsty and phony and mean, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So she's pointing a lot of fingers at HD. You know, if you know me, if you listen to my other show, The Church of Housewives, I am a big Heather Dubrow fan. So obviously everything I say is going to have like a slightly uh, champagne colored hue to it. Uh, but I, I love Heather and um, I have no problem saying that, but I can be objective. Okay. So Noella seems to be pointing a lot of fingers at Heather, but all of the the things that she seems to be accusing Heather of, and even the things she's accused Jen of, um, you know, she herself seems to portray those things. Like I said, thirsty, phony. Um, she, she doesn't seem authentic whatsoever, and yet that's what she seems to be saying about everyone else. Projection much, Noella? 
Let's talk about Pornography Gate. Obviously, she didn't give Max porn. Like, it wasn't a, uh, you know, Playboy magazine or, or you know, uh, some, like, raunchy DVD. However, it was an inappropriate gift. I, I think by the end of the episode, everyone, including Noella, could agree on that. It was just how they got there, which was a struggle. This whole scene, I think, shows the problem with Noella and that she is just on a 10 all the time. All of these ladies are trying to like talk her down and just explain to her, like, look, like no one is saying that you intentionally were trying to like, you know, be offensive or inappropriate with a minor at all. We're just saying you, you made a mistake. So just own it and apologize. And I think the, you know, 15 minute long scene of her screaming at everyone else and saying how disgusting everyone else was, you know, just became all that more ridiculous when by the end of it, Heather reads the cards and Noella is like aghast. She's like shocked at the cards. And so she just made herself look so stupid because for 15 minutes, you're, you know, huffing and puffing about how everyone else is disgusting. It just... It seems like it's impossible for her to have a normal conversation with anyone. And I don't know if that's something that is true to Noella or if it's something that is for the show. But I'm not loving it. (laughs) Uh, I especially didn't like when she threw out the straight fragility thing and she tried to accuse Heather of maybe having some you know, homophobic, uh, like a homophobic skew to, to what she was saying or how she was viewing the game or or any of that. And, you know, Noelle is like, how dare you say that I'm inappropriate as a bisexual woman? And let me be very clear as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, I understand the negative connotations and stereotypes and associations with gay people and, Um, being inappropriate or being deemed offensive or, uh, you know, like a a pedophile. That's, um, that's a thing and it's horrible. And I personally have been subjected to that before. You know, I've had experiences where I have felt that people are looking at me like I'm a fucking creep, uh, because of who I love. And, and I understand that. And that is a very valid and real thing. Okay, so so yes, I, I do think that that is a real thing. However, Noella throwing that out in this situation was so inappropriate and so offensive to me as someone who has actually experienced that. Um, you know, I feel like it's situations like this that make people on the other side of the aisle not want to engage with with us. They, they don't want to have hard conversations about these things because they are afraid that any any time they disagree with someone that is gay, we're just going to say, well, you're homophobic, you know, and, and that has nothing to do with it. Um, it is very clear that Heather is a loving parent. It's clear that she is supportive of her children. And I felt like Noella trying to throw that label out onto Heather was more disgusting and insidious than anything that Heather has done to Noella thus far. Now, with all of this said, I do want to say, I think Noella has the potential to be an amazing housewife. Um, I think that she is going about it all wrong. I think her choosing to go up against Heather 
was not the right move. And that's not to say that no one can go up against Heather. I just think that it's coming off as forced and inauthentic and there's no validity to Noella's side, really. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to back her, you know? I wish that she would spread this crazy energy out amongst the women. I wish that she would ruffle some other feathers. Um, I mean, could you guys imagine Noella poking at Shannon? Like... I, I would die. I need to I need to see Shannon lose it again. And I feel like this young, hot, bisexual Noella would have been the perfect catalyst for that. What a missed opportunity, you know? It's also weird, too, that, that Noella is owning her bisexuality and her, um, you know, uh, being a liberal and all of that. And yet she's in a sea of Republicans and she's choosing to go up against the only other liberal in the group, Heather Dubrow. It's it's very weird. It just, yeah, like I said, it takes the credibility away from Noella. Um, apparently, she also recently hung out with Kelly Dodd, which also takes a lot of the credibility away from Noella. Like, how can you be preaching about, you know, your sexuality and your liberalism and, and being so progressive and then you're going to go kiki with Kelly Dodd? Like, come on, come on. I I can't. Okay, guys, I am so excited to be here with my next guest. She single-handedly uncovered the biggest secret in RHOC history and took down the OG of the OC. You know that I'm talking about former Real Housewife of Orange County, Megan King. Hey, Megan. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm so good. I sound so cool in that introduction, so thank you. I mean, you are a legend, Megan. Don't uh, sell yourself short. You, like oh. I said, you you took down Vicky. I mean, that is like unheard of. It took what twelve seasons for it to finally happen. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, oh. I, you know, I didn't as much take down Vicky as I took down Brooks, who also went down. Yeah, Vicky. he pulled her down with him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. You appeared on three seasons of RHOC. You were on from seasons yes. 10 to 12. Um, uh -huh. And so you have decided now to go back and rewatch all of the episodes that you were on and you're putting your commentary on YouTube, which is yes. amazing. And it's so hilarious. Uh, what, what inspired you to start rewatching? My friends had mentioned it to me for a little bit. And um, I finally, I thought, you know what, why not? It will be fun. And it's been seven years since my very first season. So I knew that it would be interesting to look back on it with this fresh, fresh perspective after having had three children, one of my kids has, um, has a disability and then having gone through not just one, but two divorces, one with my ex-husband, Jim, who was on the show and then another one recently. But, um, anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like it was a lifetime ago. So it's like, it's almost like for me watching a character on television. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, yeah. a lot of housewives say or claim that they uh, didn't watch the show when, when they were on it. Did you watch the series while it was airing when you were a housewife? Yeah, I did. I, that's the only time I ever watched the show was when I was on it. I didn't watch it leading up to when I was, was on the show or afterwards. Although I have to admit, I started watching the show this season and I'm really into it. Oh, good. Okay. Well then we will definitely talk about some things about the current season. Cause I definitely okay. get your input. Um, so obviously watching it, you know, watching the show seven years ago must feel very different than watching it now. Um, totally. 
I, I have to imagine with all of these life changes, do like you said, you you feel like it's a character. Does that maybe help you disconnect a little bit, or is it still kind of like weird to to watch? No, that back? no, I don't think I'm disconnected um, because it still ultimately was me, even though it was kind of like a different lifetime version of me it still was me um so I watch it and I remember these experiences it brings back all of these memories of what you know I was thinking at the moment but then um at times I'm like oh my gosh Meg what like let it go or like shut your mouth you know that's enough like zip it up now so that part has been I think that's just kind of like a maturity thing and so I'm kind of able to watch the young version of me and nitpick at her just like everybody else did while I was airing. Yeah, well, I have to assume it's kind of like, you know, when us normal people watch, uh, you know, old home movies of ourselves, you know, it's yes. um, it's less binge watching and more cringe watching. It's cringe, oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> less, less bingy, more cringy. Yeah. But, at, but at the same time, it's like, it's different than old movies because it's my life, right? Yeah. Like. An old movie, you're like singing in a school play or something, you right. know, that or like singing happy birthday or like somebody drops the cake. So whoops, you know, something silly. But these right. are like actual real like full-blown life memories. Yeah, I mean, my mom definitely was not there with like a, a camcorder when I was, you know, getting in screaming fights with my first boyfriend or whatever. Totally. Like, that did not happen. <laughs> no, I, I would assume it probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, What's it been like um, watching your old relationship on TV? I mean, obviously you and Jim went through a, a pretty nasty public divorce. I have to imagine that watching that all back is um, again, cringy, but also eye-opening. Yeah, it's been, I, I think for me, I don't feel cringy by it because I'm not the one with the bad behavior in the relationship. Right. And so I feel bad for, for the woman that I'm watching on TV, because I see me being in complete and utter denial about, um, my relationship with him and making excuses for him. And I've been blown away by my level of denial. That is really good for me to now understand that I possess because I I'm still the same person. So I probably still have the ability to like, basically force something that isn't there. And in this case, um, with my, was my relationship with Jim. I was, I think I was forcing something that I didn't, there wasn't a whole lot of love reciprocated. And so, but yet like I kind of made excuses that there was, and clearly there wasn't. So it's, yeah. that's been a really good lesson for me. Good. It, it seems like, I mean, it doesn't seem like there were a lot of weird power dynamics at play watching you and Jim back. Um, it, it definitely felt like, you know, he was in the dominant position and, um, I, I mean, I don't want to use the term like gaslighting, but you you almost felt like uh, you were a prisoner. He was like blinding you to all of his toxicity. And knowing what we know now, um, watching it back, I almost kind of feel like maybe that's why you had your eyes um, so heavily set on the other ladies and their relationships and what was going on there. Because, you know, what was happening with you was was also not not the best. And again, like you said, that wasn't your fault at all. Well, that's an interesting perspective. I haven't thought about that. Um, the, I think the, the majority of um, kind of like my extra time was because I just didn't have kids and I wasn't working and I just had a lot of time on my hands. Like it's kind of plain and simple, but I, that's interesting what you're saying, because essentially what I think what you're trying to get at is that I was deflecting or projecting or, or like combination of those two from my relationship onto others. And yeah. A little probably, bit or, or 
or maybe not even necessarily um, deflecting or projecting, but almost like it, it, like it was a defense mechanism. Like it was your mm. way of, of, you know, shielding yourself from having to look at the truth that was happening in your own home, you know? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, I'm no, it, I'm no psychologist. This is yeah, all I'm pulling like, it out of my ass, you know? <laughs> I mean, me either, but I've done enough therapy. I feel like I should be an honorary one at this point. Right. But um, I mean, I think that's just kind of what people do, right? Like when something's going bad in their life, what do they do? They go like become a troll on the internet and point fingers at some stranger. And like, I just did probably did that in like a little bit smaller circle. And I had the platform to do it. Like right. it was encouraged. Yeah. And you weren't wrong. Um, so, and, and it wasn't wrong. We'll, yeah. And we'll so, get into that for sure. Um, so now, uh, interestingly enough, before you even joined the show as an official cast member, you appeared on the show, uh, the previous season, yeah. you were at Heather Dubrow's hoedown. Um, right. so what was it like being a guest at one of those parties and not being one of like the wives? Um, I've I always I mean, wondered, like, are, are you kind of aware of like the scenes being set up or are you just at a party? I'm just at a party. I'm not aware of the scenes being set up. I was just at a party and I had a lot of confidence. I still do. And <laughs> yeah. so and I remember they were all at the bar getting a drink and like the cameras are following them. I wasn't mic'd or anything. And I'm like, I want to get a drink. Like this is reality television, right? Like I'm allowed to go like into the scene because this is just supposed to be real. And that's truly what I was thinking. So I went in to get, a, get a drink. Cause I didn't want to like wait for the scene to be over. And that's that, that's, just, that's it. That's all I knew. Well right. then like fast forward and I watched the episode back and there was like a little bit of back drama that happened, but I right. wasn't aware of that. Yeah. How interesting. So now you mentioned, um, uh, like reshoots during your recaps and how sometimes they have to, you know, uh, reshoot a conversation or an argument or things like that just for production purposes. Um, what, what is that like? I mean, what is it like having to kind of repeat a conversation or an argument? I think I was in a unique position. I never had to do that. Oh, okay. Um, I not not an argument, a conversation. Yeah, sure, just for soundbite purposes. But typically, that was more along the lines of like um, calling somebody, inviting them to a party. It wasn't, gotcha. you know, like a full blown emotional conversation. It was like sound bites. Okay, that makes sense. Because a lot of times, um, the wives are accused of being scripted, and I, I sometimes my mind immediately oh. goes to like, well, maybe this is the third time they've had to have this conversation. You know? No, um, I do definitely think like the downloading gets a little monotonous and tedious. But like downloading about a party or what happened right. in a party or whatever. But I learned after three three seasons of doing this that you just wait to have those downloads until the cameras are on and you're mic'd up and you're you know you're you're ready to go you're hot um, and not before and you're not going to text with your girlfriend about it like you normally would do when a party ends like if somebody like I don't know falls off a table drunk off their ass you're going to be like oh my god text I can't believe she did that right but like you learn on the housewives you wait until the next you know Tuesday when you're going to film again and you download about it at that point. That's interesting. And that brings me into my next point. Um, Heather Dubrow talks about that a lot. Um, I, you know, on her podcast specifically, she'll mention, you know, I'm not trying to have conversations with these ladies off screen while we're right. shooting, you know, that's inauthentic. I need to wait to talk to them. And, yeah. and um, this season in particular, at the beginning of the season, Shannon was accused of stirring the pot by bringing up a secret off camera to the other wives. Yeah. And, 
Heather's point and a lot of the other wives point was like, she did this on purpose. Why are you yeah. going to mention it to your castmates off camera unless you want it to come up on camera? And I think right. this is a really good um, like reference to that. You know, it's like these conversations should all be happening on camera, on screen. And when things start going on off screen, that's when it starts to feel a little murky. Do you agree with that? I do. I just think, I think that Shannon, like in her heart of hearts, truly believes that she was trying to like not make it a thing. Okay. And, but I also think Shannon knows exactly how production works and exactly how reality shows work. She's been on for a trillion years now. Yeah. And so she was a hundred percent stirring the pot a hundred percent now whether she consciously understood that or not remains un unknown right but like she did stir the pot and like she knows she is not a dumb person at right. all and i like shannon a lot but like she knows the game and she's yeah so i was like are you when i watched that i was like are you kidding me shannon yeah are you kidding me yeah now, obviously, uh, Tamara and Shannon were longtime besties, and they have since uh, had a, a bit of a falling out. Um, yeah. To put it lightly, they hate each other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's that about? Because for me, um, you know, Tamara really defended Shannon for years and years and years. And she really um, put herself out on the line for Shannon, and, and she defended she Shannon. Integrity. You know, many times she would say, I think Shannon has a great heart. I don't think she's, you know, a malicious person. And now Tamara seems to really be changing her tune. Do you think that Tamara, you know, saw the light or do you think that, you know, they just got into a fight and now she's just kind of trying to, to low blow? Um, I mean, Tamara's emotional. So like you have to take that into consideration. And this is an emotional event, like losing a friend, that's very right. real. But um, also like, I know, I do know that a lot of times when people leave the show, you just don't talk to them as much. And that feels very personal and it is personal, but the reality is you're on it. These are not only friends, they're coworkers. And right. so just like I, I might even not even like my coworkers and I'm gonna have to communicate with them all day long, every day. But then when you add in that they are your friends too, it's going to be nonstop communication. So when you stop becoming coworkers, somebody gets fired from the show, somebody quits, you're going to, you're going to lose that coworker communication and the communication is therefore because you're going to naturally drop off right. significantly. And that feels personal, but it's really probably not. But yeah. at the same time, I definitely felt that huge drop off of communication with Shannon when I left the show. And I did not feel that from from Tamara at all. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I definitely get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, some of the wives say that they do that, um, you know, again, for like a defense mechanism because it's too hard to, you know, stay connected with with the women that they've disconnected with or, or are no that's longer bullshit. coworkers with. I think I think that's bullshit. I think like, you know, if you're, if you're real friends, you're going to make it happen. Like, yeah, do, are, do we have friends who we don't talk to for three months, six months, a year, two years, and then you pick right up where you left off. Absolutely. Like yeah. that's what friends do, but it does. I don't, I mean, you still make an effort every now and then, you know? Right. Right. Would yeah. you call Shannon a friend? I would call her an acquaintance. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I wouldn't say friend. Okay. But uh, acquaintance, I mean, that sounds harsh to say, I wouldn't say friend. Like we, we are totally cool. She checks in with me. I check in with her. Like we're good. 
Yeah. Okay. I think that's totally fair. I mean, the other thing too is, you know, not that age is everything, but you also have a very large age gap between a lot of women. And so just kind of naturally that doesn't, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that you guys are just going to be like besties. You know what I mean? Well, Shannon always struggled with the age gap too. Right. That was a thing for her. Tamara never gave a shit about the age gap. Um, Heather never cared about the age gap. I mean, yeah, like your life is in different places. And like Heather, for instance, is more of a mentor, like a big sister role for me, where I feel like Tamara, yeah, she's definitely like kind of more of the big sister, but she has a younger soul. So she's kind of like more of feels more of a peer, even though she's, you know, the same age as Heather or even older, I think. Yeah, no, Tamara definitely gives off like 20 something vibes for sure. Right, right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you know John Jansen? Have you met him? Uh-uh. Who's that? That's Shannon's current boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, I haven't met him. No. Okay. I mean, you're like a super sleuth. What vibes do you get from him just seeing him on the show? He seems kind of vanilla to me. Okay. Well, I mean, do you think Shannon is like, you know, all spicy, like Rocky Road or something? No, I'm like, what is their, like, I wonder what their sex life is like. But um, Very vanilla. You You nailed it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he just looks vanilla, like the way he dresses and stuff, but it's just Shannon. I mean, she's like, she's, she's spiced it up since she's been on the show. But when I first met her, she was just like very prim and proper. And that's how yes. she grew up. Yeah. Very, very buttoned up. Um, she's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, let her hair down or, you know, put it up in a high pony or whatever. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, girl. she's definitely uh, a little bit more conservative. That's for sure. But I do think that anyone is better than David Bedore, right? Yeah. He seems like a super creep to me. Yeah. Now watching you watch their scenes uh, uh, during uh, your, during your recaps. Yeah. I mean, that's when, that's when I coined the phrase cringe watching because I was, yeah. I saw your face. Um, I love that. I'm going to borrow that. Thing. No, you should. It's yeah. Um, we can trademark it. It's fine. Uh, okay. but honestly watching, watching it back and watching your reaction to it. I mean, that's how we all felt the entire <gasps> four or five seasons that they were together on the show. I mean, oh, it, really? was, it was unbearable. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of the fans did what you wished you could do and just like fast forwarded through their stuff. Right. <laughs> I was, know it was so hard. I was like, I was sitting right here where I'm sitting right now and I'm in a swivel chair at my desk and I was like, turning around in my swivel chair as you you can probably hear my voice fade away (laughs) just so I can not watch it right (laughs) just to get away whatever way anything to just like remove yourself for sure yeah uh all right I want to talk about the casting process um so we'll get into when you were originally cast but you actually revealed on Tamara's podcast last week that you went through the casting process recently for season 14 or 15 Whatever this, I think they're in 16 now, aren't they? Okay, so 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 last season, for season 15, you went through the casting process. Well, no, for the season that's airing now, I went through oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. The one where they brought back Heather. That's Got it. That's season 16, right? Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so what, tell me about that. Did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? I reached that... out to them. Okay. I reached out to them. I wanted to go, I missed the, being in front of the camera. I missed Orange County. I was like, ready to move back to Orange County. And, um, I'm in LA a lot. I, I, I do a lot of work on Instagram and social media, and I ha- used to have a podcast based in, out of LA. So I was like, all right, well, this will be great. Like I'll be out there and able to, you know, be in LA all the time. And then like my friends are in Orange County and like my doctors and I have this whole life. It'll be great. Yeah. And so I went through the, so I called up whoever I called up, I think it was somebody at evolution, the production company. And, um, they're like, go through the casting process again. So I got dolled up. 
I sat in front of the zoom, just like you and I are doing now. And I did the whole full blown casting process. Wow. And, and so just nothing came from that. No, they're like, all right, wait and see, wait and see. And then, um, I didn't get, and Oh, I got a phone call from evolution from, um, Alex Baskin, Mm -hmm. who I considered to be a friend. And he calls me, he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, you're not, you didn't get it. And he's, he told me I was the first phone call that he made, like, even out of, you know, the, the acceptance people, like people who did get it. And he's like, just want to give you a heads up. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, it's not cool because I wanted to tell him that, no, I just don't want to do it. It would have been really hard for me to like move everything. And with a single mom of three kids, it's, it would have been difficult to make time for that, but I would have done it. But like, I didn't like to hear that, but I'm like, why not? Like, what is going on? And he's like, you'll see soon enough. You'll see soon enough. And then I saw that they brought Heather back and I'm like, ah, okay. So like they brought one, you know, old person back. Got it. Yeah. I Not think, old, like age. Right. Old, right. On the show, right. <laughs> yeah. former, former. Um, uh, I think that that makes sense that they kind of wanted to capitalize on the hype of, you know, one figure being brought back. And if you bring back multiple, then you don't kind of have that like moment, I guess. I mean, I, they didn't say that to me. They just said, I didn't get it. Right. But- Maybe that's two and two why. together. No, right. I mean, that, that makes sense. But I don't know, for me, especially seeing like the success of Ultimate Girls Trip and kind of, you know, there's always been talk about how like, uh, you know, the fans want an all stars and there's just so many right. possibilities. Um, and I feel like bringing back the all-stars from a specific city is just such a, it's such a great way to revive a franchise. And Heather is a, a little piece of that. You know, I, I love Heather. She's one of my favorites. And I think that she is helping get the show back to where it needs to be. But I think that if it had been like you, Heather and Tamara, and they'd got like a hot shot of you guys like strutting down the beach or something like the impact that that would have had would have been epic. Right. And I think that that's where they need to go. You know, I don't think that every city needs to bring back all of like the heavy hitters. Um, but uh, OC does for sure. I think it definitely, that would be super helpful. And like the, for instance, like Tamara, Heather and I have such great chemistry, like we're mm-hmm. organically real friends. Yeah. And so that would, but, but think about like back office stuff. Would they be able to afford us? <laughs> I mean, probably not. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I honestly, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know how much money these shows generate. Right. It just so like I know that we like we don't get paid as much on these shows as we would if we were in a scripted series, but like we're not I, I don't know how it works. And I don't really even get that because you know, in my opinion, you guys are are doing way more than, than an actor on a scripted series is. So they would probably be able to afford us. Yeah, maybe. And I, I wouldn't be as expensive as that them because it like you get paid based on your tenure. And so I would only, it would only have been my fourth year, but Tamara and Heather, you know, they've been on a bit and so has Shannon. So she's probably has a high salary right now too. Yeah. Well, you should have gotten like a huge salary bump after your first season. (laughs) Talk talk about a freshman season. Honestly, that was like, you know, four seasons in one. Um, (laughs) But I I do want to touch on, you mentioned that, you know, you and Tamara and Heather, you do have great chemistry and you do have an organic friendship. And that kind of seems to be what's missing on Orange County right now. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception of maybe Gina and Emily who, who do have a yeah. friendship. Yeah. Um, everyone else seems a little disjointed, you know, it's, it's okay, interesting. What if, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I, w- I was just going to say like, okay. I can't imagine them all hanging out, you know? Totally. And also, okay. Who's it's the, uh, Nicole and Noella. 
They mm-hmm. were supposedly good friends. Yes. I didn't feel any chemistry between them at yeah. all. Did you? No. And so apparently stuff started going down. They got cast together and then stuff started going down like before cameras went up. So they were friends. And I think that, you know, you know, the word on the street is that they both just started like chattering a lot of, and like making plans for the show. And then it kind of blew up in their faces. Like they both were revealing secrets and it got them in trouble with each other. And so now- I mean, I, are, are you completely caught up with OC? I think we're on like no, episode seven or eight. No. So when they, when they go to Mexico, which is where they are now. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. Nicole says like, if Noelle is going, I'm not going. And then Nicole doesn't go and now she's off the show. So we don't really know what happened. She got kicked off the show? I think she, she walked away from the show and no one knows why. So she we, seemed like she was hiding things. I, I thought. Okay, this is where Megan King comes in. This is why we need you back in Orange County. Bust out the magnifying glass and <laughs> right. looking for clues because you would figure this out. Like you truly would figure it out. You know, the whole lawsuit that comes up in the first couple episodes, like you would have had that all uncovered and you would have brought receipts and you would have been on the phone with like the the clerk at the, the courthouse. Like you would have yeah, had all of it. <laughs> I would, I would. I'm into that. Yeah, I like figuring it out. I don't know. It's just who I am. I want the truth and always the truth. And I'm nice. I'm not like malicious about it, but like, don't be fucking shady. Right. Exactly. Because you will figure it out if you are. <laughs> I don't know. Nicole just seemed like, um, I mean, I'm sure she's a sweet, a sweet person and everything. And like, it takes a special individual to put their life out there on TV like that. It's not the easiest thing to do and makes you very vulnerable and you, you have to be, but so like, but if that's what you decide to do, you got to go for it and just do it. And I didn't feel that vibe from her. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. What did you think about how the Dubros handled the whole lawsuit thing? You know, it kind of was was a heated thing for like five mm-hmm. minutes and then they came back and it was all just very like mellow. And that has raised some red flags with the fans. People are confused about the response. What do you think? I think that that was like a, a produced response. I think like the initial reaction was like, from Heather was an emotional one where she's like, okay, why are you trying to like paint my husband out to be this like bad surgeon? And then Terry was probably like, Heather, it's fine. And by you freaking out like this, you're going to freak out all the fans. Like, let's just like relax. It's not that big of a deal. And she's probably like, okay, you're right. Like this is, you know, um, we're, we got to like, what, what is it called? What is the term that, that you say when you like, damage control damage right. control and so that's what i felt like it was just damage control and it felt very condescending the way that they met with nicole and they're like it's okay this was a this was years ago but like why would you bring like what it's fine it was dropped it was not a big deal these things happen it just felt like that felt i i wasn't i would have been like okay shut the fuck up like leave me alone yeah the, the, the like maniacal just, like, laughter Right. And she's just like taking it because I think she just like loves to be nurtured. And it felt, it felt like kind of like a parental, like, like a parent scolding a child. Gotcha. Gotcha. What are you, what are, what are the fans saying? You know, it's a, it's, it's all over the place really. Um, Some people kind of understand it and they're like, yeah, you know, it was 20 years ago. It doesn't really matter. The bigger issue is why did Shannon bring it up? And then a lot of people are like, 
you know, why, this is weird. Why is Heather not questioning Nicole and why she didn't bring it up? And then there's a third group who's like, it's weird that Heather isn't upset about this. We think she paid Nicole off. So there's like a no, lot. No, I don't think there's rumors. anything paid off, but I do think it's weird that Heather didn't make a bigger deal out of it. I, I feel like Heather was just ultimately the most pissed at Shannon because of the bad blood between them. But like, and I think it's true, like doctors get sued, whatever. But like, Nicole doesn't seem like the brightest bulb. Right. And, <laughs> and so she's probably, so, so Heather's probably like, whatever, like she's not a threat to me, whereas Shannon yeah. probably is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I wanna jump back really quick. Uh, we were talking about casting. I wanna talk about how you were cast um, originally when you joined in season 10. Um, now, obviously you knew Heather, you were at the hoedown and you were introduced as Heather's friend. Is that is that legit? Like it was Heather instrumental in having you cast or do they kind of just use that as a lead in? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Heather, I, I don't, I think maybe the casting said to Heather, do you know Megan or something? But yeah, no, I knew Heather. I did. I, we weren't super close or anything, but we had definitely hung out. And so that part was real. But I don't know. We should call her and ask her. I'm not <laughs> sure how. I don't know if she was contacted. Now, I remember that there were uh, rumblings that Jim's second wife, mm -hmm. Allison, was in the yeah. running to join the show a season or two before you. And then when mm -hmm. they when they separated, that fell through. Do you think that that maybe led them to you? I mean, that seems like a, a big yeah, coincidence that, I, otherwise. Probably. I mean, I, can, I don't think it probably hurt. Yeah, no, I think Allison, and I don't know this for a fact either, but Heather told me this, um, that Allison was like totally like in, like gonna be a cast member, like full-blown, ready to go and backed out at the last minute and like production was kind of scrambling. Like, what do we do now? And like kind of left them in a, in a weird spot. And um, so, yeah, I think they probably knew of me through, through that. And Jim has like an interesting story. And then like, you know, with me as his new wife, like that's interesting. So yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like an easy segue. Yeah. Um, there was also another new housewife filming with you guys that first season you were on. Katie, do you remember her? Oh my gosh, yeah, Katie Hamilton. What? Yeah, what happened to her? Well, um, she, I don't know, apparently she disappeared. So like her marriage fell apart during filming. Oh, and I think that's why she backed out. And then like, like there's might've been something with drinking involved because her ex-husband, now ex-husband, had substance abuse issues, very public ones, by the way. And he, he was I, an athlete also, right? Yeah, he was a baseball player. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure if like there was like something that else with substance abuse or whatever, but I think that that fell apart because Katie was protecting her family. That makes sense. Um, I mean, we were watching, you know, in real time how Noella's relationship and home life is falling apart and uh, it's pretty tragic to watch. So I don't uh, begrudge someone from wanting to walk away from the show, especially if feel, a new housewife, you know? I feel like, a, yeah, I agree. But I feel like a lot of, like a common theme with new real, like new housewives or housewives in general is they have a rocky marriage and so their husband's like, okay, you don't have anything to do. Like you're, you're a stay-at-home mom. Like here, let me give you a job. Mm -hmm. Like your, your new job is to be a reality star. And then I can leave you and feel good about myself. Right, right, exactly. I think uh, a lot of housewives have joined the show as like a last ditch effort to save their relationship. 
which seems like a weird choice to me. Um, historically, it, it hasn't really saved a lot of relationships. I don't, think, I don't think it's saving the relationship. I think it's like something deep down where they're like, I, I need something to sustain me after like my, you know, my, my breadwinner is gone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then also these husbands can't handle it because all of a sudden they've been, they've been the star of their marriage, of their family, the whole, you know, the whole time they've been together and all of a sudden their stay at home wife or whoever, you know, their spouse is the star and they're, you know, they're a supporting cast member. Like that is a huge ego blow for a lot of men and they can't handle that. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those cases. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, Go figure Now, when Kelly Dodd joined the show, she was introduced as your friend. Was was yes. that a legitimate like introduction? So Kel- yeah, like we knew each other through mutual friends and stuff. I totally forgot she was my friend. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. I was I was literally going to ask. I have a note here that says, "Do you feel personally responsible for inflicting <laughs> Kelly Dodd onto the fans?" <laughs> you should do it. Um, I yeah, like I remember, um, like one of the production member, one of the production team calls me and they're like, okay, are you friends with Kelly? Like, we kind of want her on the show, but like, we don't know if it should be a good fit. And you know, you're the connection. I'm like, let me take her to lunch. Let's chit chat. So Kelly and I like hung out and I'm like, you have to hire her. But we had like no, like met each other before, but that was kind of like the first time we really got to know each other. And I'm like, she's, she's fun. And she is fun. That like there is no denying that Kelly Dodd is fun and she's funny. Yeah. Yeah. She's just she's just off a rocker. One hundred percent. There's there's yes. like not even a rocker in the room anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You exactly. You also mentioned uh when you were um doing your recap that uh, when you first joined the show, you were anticipating that you and Vicky were going to get along great and you and yeah, Tara were not going to get along. And obviously right. the, the opposite of that happened. What made you think those things? Like, why did you think you and Vicky were going to connect? Okay. So I never, I wasn't an avid watcher of the show, but I would flip the channel surf. And if it was on, I'd, I'd stop and watch it. And Vicky and Tamara are both heavy hitters on that show. So I kind of knew like their characters right. and Vicky seemed like more grounded and stable and Tamara just seemed like a loose cannon. And so I'm like, okay, t- I, I feel like overall, I'm kind of like a, like a stable, like, um, person who I don't like seek drama or conflicts and Tamara seemed like she did. And for, I don't know what show I was watching, but I guess it, <laughs> I thought Vicky seemed like she was just more of the voice of reason. Like, well, I don't know. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I call them bobblehead moments. It's when, you know, Vicky and Tamara, they start shaking, screaming, and they get that bobblehead. Um, yeah. You have never had one of those, you know, on no. seasons. You, you, I kind of did. I kind of did when... Um, Peggy came at me in, in Iceland about my daughter. Yes. But that was more tears than anything. I mean, it wasn't like you weren't like screaming in anyone's face, a la Vicky, you know? So that's why it's just funny that you thought Vicky was like this calm voice of reason. And then a a couple seasons later, I think Kelly Dodd even called her like the, like the Buddha of Orange County or something like that. And it's like, uh, Vicky, Vicky? Kelly said that about Vicky. And it's like, okay, clearly you're off your rocker. You're nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Like she's not a Buddha. I think, I think Kelly was trying to say like, she's like the God, like, like the, like the president, the mayor, she's the mayor. Okay. But Kelly doesn't know that like 
Buddha means peacefulness and Zen. Right. She just thinks that means like some leader. Yeah. Kelly doesn't know a lot of things. <laughs> um, speaking of Kelly, I want to talk about the sushi party, um, the infamous sushi party when she screams at Shannon, she screams at Tamara, uh, he- Heather gets up and, you know, storms out. Quits. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to talk about. This was an infamous scene and it was always um, talked about, you know, what happened behind the scenes when Heather went off. So I want to know, spill all the tea. I want to know everything. Okay. So what did Heather, what did Kelly do? I forget. She She called, she called Shannon the C word. And then Uh she told Tamara that she was a dumb fuck and, and everyone, and like the conversation was really calm before (gasps) that too, you know? Kelly went in guns a blazing on that night yeah. and she was just lost her mind. And here we are in this nice restaurant and Kelly is losing her mind. Like yeah. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And that's when Heather was just like, I'm done. I'm not dealing with this trash. And she like tears off her mic and like walks out of the room. And I'm like, I was getting my IVF the next day. Like, I remember. Yeah. Your, your mom was at the party with you. She was, she was at that yes. party. Yes. Your mom was sitting right next to you. <laughs> I think it was a friend. No, it was a friend. Was it my mom? I think it was my friend, Allison. Oh, no. I'm, your mom was at the, the roller skating party. She was at the roller skating that's, party. That's okay. Well, your mom saw some bobblehead moments that, you know, she that's did. important. <laughs> um, I bet that, like, that's really all I remember from the sushi party. Things just really fell apart quickly. Yeah. So when Heather stormed off and went and talked to production, you know, Kelly claims that Heather tried to get her fired. Um, a lot of people think Kelly definitely, or Heather definitely tried to get Kelly fired for sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, interesting. And a lot of people think that that's the moment that she kind of solidified her own fate because that was her last season, you know, until she was brought back. Do I you- mean, probably like when, when people like when people, um, you know, don't get along, how are you going to film together? Right. It makes things really difficult. And I don't, honestly, I don't blame Heather. Kelly really got like really mean and nasty. And, um, and Heather didn't need that. And so she's like, I don't want to be a part of it. In my opinion, I just was like, it's not that deep. Right. But after I quit, I always said I would never go back on if Kelly was on. Interesting. I think so a like, lot of Heather's people- not alone in that. Yeah, I think a lot of people would, would say that. And uh, Heather always argued that, you know, the reason why she was so upset and offended by Kelly is because it brought the show down and it changed, it lowered the tone of the show. And, you know, seeing how the show has progressed over the last several seasons, it's hard to argue that, you know? Yeah, I agree with, with Heather there. And, um, and it was just like these low blows and there was just not like a whole from Kelly and there wasn't a whole lot of like remorse or empathy or compassion. And like, I don't know how you have a legitimate human experience with someone when you're missing those three incredible, incredibly important qualities in an individual. So I would, I like Kelly when we're, if we're like out and like having fun or something, but I don't like Kelly when we're talking about deep life issues, because that's when she really like can cut you. Yeah. Yeah. And she has um, some questionable opinions on deep life issues. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's just tone deaf a, a lot of times. And yeah. I don't think she means it from like a place of trying to actually hurt anyone. But the point is, is that it hurts people right. and you can't do that. You can't do those things. Right. So by the way, fun fact, Kelly and I share the same birthday. Oh, wow. Interesting. And it's interesting because, you know, 
I, I, people that I share my birthday with, or even my astrological sign with, I'm very similar to them, but you and Kelly seem like polar opposites. Uh, I know. I know. Interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, um, uh, what did you say? I don't even remember. Let's move on. Uh, oh, oh, (laughs) I, I want to ask, um, you mentioned, you know, how Kelly's really tone deaf and that made me think of Lydia McLaughlin. Uh, I think a lot of people thought when, when you and Lydia were on the show together that you guys were going to get along just because of your age. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. that, that did not happen. What, what do you think happened there? I think I really liked Lydia. I just think she's, she, I think Lydia acts like she's this like open-minded lover, but like ultimately she's ruled by like her Christian confines or you know like that box that she's put herself inside of right and I think she's like probably and this is like a deep synopsis and it's just a total theory but hey let's I go think, there yeah we're going there I think she is is so like internally conflicted between like how, who she really is which is like uh, this free spirit like her mother and who she wants to be which is like this this Christian who does things by the book and I think like that inner conflict comes out outwardly with like she can be like hypocritical on how she deals with situations or relationships. And that's just like, not going to foster like a close relationship. I think the audience felt that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you had like the perfect line to her on the show, which was that like, you shouldn't need the Bible the to Bible. tell you if you're a good person, you just like do the right thing, you know? Yeah. Cause she was, she was talking about the drag of the drag bingo night. And yeah. she was like, I wasn't sure, you know, if, drag was okay. Like how I feel about that. Like, is it, you know, godly or something? And I'm like, well, why do you, or she said something about it being in the Bible or something or not. Yeah. yeah. She was like, the the Bible doesn't mention drag drag queen. So I don't know what to think about it. Yeah. And it's like, wait, well, just like go with your heart. Like what, like go with being a good person. What does that tell you? Right. You know, also, you know, let's be real. There are a lot of things that the Bible says that are like highly questionable. So yeah, uh, no shit. Yeah, like you're you, not supposed to have a tattoo, like right, weird stuff. Right. And, right. and also at the same time, I'm like, whatever. The real reason was that you felt uncomfortable dressing up as a boy because you looked like an actual fuck, fucking boy. Well, and, and like that, that made you uncomfortable. Her, the image of her as Charlie Chaplin will, will haunt her until the day she dies. It's going to be, Forever. it's going to Forever. be engraved on her tombstone. It is so it's, funny. And, it's and so I, on. It's so funny. And I think the fact that it's like from a, a moment and a scene where she was like so highly uncomfortable makes it even better, you know, that the fact that it just lives on thing, forever. Like, oh. I swear, it's like always moments when we're dressed up looking ridiculous when the big, like the biggest fights go down. <laughs> yeah. It, that's, I mean, that's what I think of too, that bobblehead moment of Vicky that I'm thinking of. It's when they were playing like 80s Bunko and she has this ridiculous <laughs> 80s hair and it's crazy. She looks like, she looks like she put her finger in a socket. Exactly. She was electrocuted. Like she looked like Elvira. It was, it was hilarious. She was acting like Elvira. Exactly. It was so funny. So, I mean, obviously several of your uh, former castmates have exhibited some toxic behavior. I want to play a little game called toxic or misunderstood. I'm just going to, I'm just going to name some of your past coworkers and you tell me if you think that they are toxic or just misunderstood. Okay. Okay. All right. Kelly Dodd. Toxic. Okay. Vicky Gumbelson. Toxic. But hold on. They're also like, the, Kelly is also misunderstood. I have to say that about Kelly. Like, okay. But she's also she, toxic. <laughs> but she's toxic and misunderstood. And 
She's misunderstood by herself. Okay, that's very fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Lydia. Uh, misunderstood. Okay. Peggy Salahian. I think highly misunderstood. Yeah. I mean, no one understood what she was yeah, saying, like, literally. How do you be talk? How, how are you toxic when right. no one even literally understands? <laughs> Shannon Bador. Um, misunderstood. You know what? The thing here, all of these people have like issues. We all have like issues to, that we're working through and we're like, we're trying to self-actuate in front of a camera. Like, right. so we were all toxic and we're all misunderstood. Okay. Last one. Okay. Jim, Jim Edmonds. <laughs> I, I knew that one. <laughs> Easy, hands down. That's a home run, baby. Oh my gosh. Grand slam from oh. those faces. <laughs> oh. All right. So as I mentioned, you uncovered the biggest scandal, literally the biggest scandal in RHOC history. There has not been yeah. a storyline like it since. Um, okay. So at what point after meeting Vicki and Brooks, did you start realizing that like this was all hokey, I think was the word the- you used? the night I met them. Wow. So what, what the was night it? Okay. I said to Brooks, what did I say to him? Oh no. I said something to Vicky, like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear your boyfriend's going through, you know, a cancer diagnosis. I also have a cancer diagnosis with someone in my life who I love. Jim's um, ex-wife is struggling, is struggling with cancer. And Vicky's reaction was so defensive and so dismissive of me, which is why I think Vicky knew the whole time that Brooks was faking because that very first night at her fiesta party, I was like, they didn't air that. I should have talked about it um, on my recap, but I was like, wait a minute, something doesn't fit here. And I remember like turning to Jim and being like, that was weird. Like when you have a, like a, a commonality of trauma like that, normally the, that people like that band together. Oh yeah. And, and it like was people, the opposite. People in recovery or the or like the families of people who are um, you know, suffering from illnesses, like they they rally together like, Absolutely. like a huge community. Yeah. And that it was it not only did that not happen, it was the complete and utter opposite. It was pushing me away, acting defensive toward me, almost like I was an annoyance to her. Yeah, and that's when you know like something's up. They don't want they don't want eyes on them. And, um, and again, it's something where not that, that people who are sick want attention, but you want eyes because you want people to help. You want people to be like looking for a cure. You want people to be giving you, you know, recommendations and references for doctors like Shannon did. I mean, it's not something that you like keep a secret from those you love or your close friends, you know? No, especially when you're in a reality show talking about it already. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a secret. Right. And you're like, it's actually, it's actually quite to the contrary. It's your whole entire storyline. Yeah. And now your storyline is going to be about like being defensive and mad about it rather than having like a sympathetic edit, you know? Right. I know. It was so Very odd. Weird. Was there ever a point at all during that season where you really thought like, okay, the truth is never going to come out. And like, I might end up looking like an asshole here. Hundred percent, and Jim was terrified of that because really? Jim cares a ton about his reputation, and he was so he was he made me promise him that I was going to stop looking into it, and I um, was like screw you, and um, <laughs> I do what I'll do what I want, and I um, so I didn't stop looking into it, but I mean ultimately I I talked with um, 
E! News, who did an investigative report on Brooks, and they had like media access to, to um, sources that I didn't have access to. And so I got on the phone with E! News and Shannon too, and we were like, okay, this is what we have, the information we have, this is how we think he's going to respond, this is how we think you should respond to like his counter. And so E! News ultimately like discovered that he, he was faking cancer. And that was the, that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Well, and I remember that it, as it tends to happen, you know, there was talk in the media and in the press about all of this before the season even aired. So I think the fans knew as the season was airing, we already knew that you were right. And I think that, that, that saved, saved your ass a lot too, because had the truth never come out, you know, there would have been people who would have taken Vicky and Brooks aside and would have been mad at you, but we all knew the truth. We all knew the truth. So we were just waiting for, for it to happen. I know. And thank God it did. I mean, I felt really, I, I really trust my intuition. And once again, I was right. So I'm just yeah. going to keep going with that. But you know, who has a really good intuition as well as Tamara and she knows Vicky extremely well. And so like when I had her basically validate my doubts, that was, that was like a huge driver for me to continue going forward with figuring out my, you know, my Nancy Drewness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So speaking of your Nancy Drewness, how uh, how familiar are you with some of the the other cities right now and like the scandals going on? Like, are you familiar um, with the Gen like of it all and the Eric yeah. of it all? Medium. Okay. Medium. Okay. So so as just like a an an outsider as a viewer, let's put on our Nancy Drew hat and okay. um, what what do you think? Do you think that Erica Jane? was completely oblivious to all of the the criminal activity her husband was doing? Or do you think that she knowingly took um, stolen funds for her like pop star career? I think she's probably oblivious. What do people think? I think people think she's too smart to have been oblivious. Uh, um, she's, she's said on the show in previous seasons, like, yeah, me and Tom, we're partners and I know everything that's going on at his uh, so I think that's kind of shooting her in the foot now. Um, yeah, I think you can't you can't claim to be like really really smart and and shrewd and then play dumb later you know what he did was so wrong awful awful it's terrible so like i just have to believe that she has enough of a heart to not steal money from poor slighted individuals like yeah have you seen her like social media presence you know in the past year since any of that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Do you think that she seems like she cares about the victims? She seems like she's curating an image that that like wants to suggest that she is completely removed from her husband. Okay, that makes sense, and I think that that's definitely one approach. Um, it's not a very sympathetic approach. I think people want her to humble herself a little bit. I mean, she doesn't seem like a very sympathetic person to me. Yeah, I think that's Does fair. she to you? No, no. I mean, she has a she has a song called It's Expensive to Be Me. So I don't know. This like Yeah, no- I think that's I think that's like her her shtick, you know, like to be so I don't know. I mean, God, but she does seem like she has a heart and she doesn't seem like she would be cool with that. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he lied to her and she turned the other eye, you know, okay. turned away. So, who knows? So we are giving uh Erica Jane the benefit of the doubt. I think so. Okay, fair. What about Jen Shaw? Now are you following Jen Shaw's yeah. case? 
What do you I think? mean, okay, I yeah, okay. The thing I'm like actually a little bit more um sympathetic toward Jen Shaw's case. I think what she did is incredibly wrong. And like I don't condone that at all, that her her bad behavior. And um I think it's bullshit that she didn't take full responsibility. I think it's weird that her apology was like she was sitting next to a black dude. Like oh no, uh, no, that's um that's Jenny, Jenny Wynn. Oh, that's Jenny Wynn. Okay. Yeah. Um, but wait, let's but, talk about, let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Jenny Wynn. Let's talk that. Yeah. I don't, but like the thing about, I mean, she was definitely got hit by, with cancel culture. And so like, I'm more sympathetic to her, even though I don't condone her behavior, but like I, in Utah, like that's what the, like they live in a bubble people in Utah. It's not a normal, like I've spent a lot of time in, in Park city and it's not like a normal kind of worldly area right um okay so jen shaw that's the that's the um so she's the, yes yes so she's the one where supposedly she was um selling like illegally selling data to companies that were like scamming old people oh right yeah yeah she totally knew yeah she did it <laughs> I, I think so too. But 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 I but I this is I hope this doesn't get me in trouble. I don't dislike her. There's something I don't yeah. Yeah, there's something about her on the show that's like likable to me. So um obviously I, mean, I, I, think I don't you have like to what have she like did. a certain level of love for yourself. Some might call it narcissism, but like I, um to be able to like perform a scam of that magnitude while also like convincing yourself that it's okay yeah, yeah. like it might be sociopathic um also like people who who do have personality traits like you know some kind of a sociopath or narcissist or whatever they're freaking interesting to watch because yeah. they're not like real people who we connect with because we would we would isolate them, you know, out of our lives. Right. And so it's interesting to watch these individuals on television. Cause like it gives us insight into this personality that we would never allow into our lives. Yeah. And I think that's, what's interesting, you know, speaking of Jenny and cancel culture and all that, it's like, where, where does the line get drawn between, okay, this is unacceptable to have on TV versus yeah, this person's shitty, but like, this is a reality show. And since when has reality TV been about like the perfect person, you know? Um, and also, yeah. And also like, I might get in trouble for saying this, but like, okay, come on, Bravo. Like we know what you're doing when you add an Asian chick to the cast after, you know, all the shit that's going down with being diverse. And then like, oh, the Asian chick screws up like with some other, you know, kind of racial thing. Like, I mean, we're all kind of like benefiting off the same thing, you know, yeah. yep. and screwing up because of the same thing. It's like cancel culture, cancel culture, but like, I don't know. It's all, it all is all like uh, connected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if, you know, historically as someone who's watched these shows since uh, they're, you know, they started over a decade ago, like, you know, the housewives, there used to be stuff like racist stuff coming out all the time, homophobic stuff. I mean, that is, for right. sure, I mean, yeah. we saw that a lot in Orange County. Um, yeah. And so that stuff happens and and no, that doesn't, that's not to say that it's okay, but at a certain point, um, yeah, Bravo had to start taking like a hard stand. And like you said, it's clear what they're doing. It's, it's questionable because like there doesn't seem to be 
like strict rhyme or reason when it comes to um, what's accepted and what's punished. Uh, I mean, yeah. We had this season of, of Real Housewives of New York, we had a lot of racist allegations and it, rather than fire anyone, they just canceled the reunion. And so no one had to talk about it. So like, it, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And like, I think it's interesting for reality shows because Orange County is um, very homogenous and, and uh, very white, very conservative. Mm -hmm. And um and so the women who've represented, been representing Orange County on the show are very homogenous. Therefore, like, that's what you get, conservative, like, um, white people. And, but it's like, now, now it's on national television and we're promoting this image in this way of thinking and talking just because of, like, inherently what they are. Like, they're just being themselves and they're right. just being a representation of their city. But, like, is it ethically okay to promote that? Right. And so... Like, it's just this bigger question within like the networks, which make, and, and I like, ag I agree with the network for diversifying cast all over the cities of the housewives. I think it's, it was definitely much needed and def diversity makes everything more interesting anyways. Totally. But, um, but it's also like, well, why did it take so long to do this? Well, did it take so long to do this because you're just representing the town? And then if so, like, is that ethically okay? Right. Exactly. There's a lot of questions here. Yeah, there's so many layers. You could go down a wormhole. Exactly. And to your point, it's not even necessarily just about like representing a specific town. These these shows are supposed to represent like a specific bubble within that yeah. town. So even if you do diversify right. by race, they're still all within the same bubble and they all still probably think the same way, like you said That's about true. Salt right. Lake City. You know, it yeah. is it's quite literally a little bubble. And um, if we burst that bubble, that's not the show anymore. That's a different no. show. And so, it's not organic yeah. chemistry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now I know uh, we got to wrap up soon, but I don't want to end on a super heavy note. So okay. be because you are infamously little miss 30 year old, you are the yes. millennial that we all could relate to on the real housewives. <laughs> I want to just play a really quick game of millennial okay. this or that. Okay. Okay, great. Let's okay. Do it. <clears throat> all right. In sync or backstreet boys. Mm, BSB. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the OC, the OC or one tree hill. Ooh, OC. Okay. Uh, real world or road rules? Real world, the oh, yeah. original. Yeah. Abercrombie or American Eagle? Abercrombie, I modeled for them. Oh my God, amazing. Isn't um, that yeah, funny? I was a, an Abercrombie and Fitch guy too. Um, cool. Okay, last one, most important one. <laughs> Brittany or Christina? I am so team Brittany right yes, now. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Favorite Brittany song? Um, I would say, oops, I did it again. Like just, you know, classic, like with this old school girl outfit. Love like, it. wait, it's like, with the dance. look at me trying to dance. All right. <laughs> we're just going to leave that to Brittany. I love, it. I love <laughs> it. Amazing. Megan, this was so much fun. Thank you so much this for chatting so with me. Can you tell all of my listeners where they can find you and where they can watch your recap videos? Yeah, you guys all have to watch my recaps of the uh, former episodes I was on in the Real Housewives of Orange County. You can catch those on YouTube. You can find them on YouTube just by searching Megan King or go to my Instagram, Megan King, and you'll find the link in bio. Amazing. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. Till next Bye. time. Bye. Oh my God, you guys, I am obsessed with her. Is she not the best? Uh, anyways, please make sure to follow us on social media at Blonde Hair Black Heart, and make sure to like or subscribe to the podcast and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.
Shivering up, back, shivering up, back, shivering up.